welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. I am Jillian Aurora. This is my lovely co-host, Marie Wallace. Hi, guys. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. And today we are excited to talk about building trust. And if you remember, this month is all about having healthy relationships. Um, it's summertime, kind of the theme of the, the season is growth, right? This is when everything is flourishing, or at least trying to. I mean, we have a lot of smoke and fires and heat right now. It's a little hellish outside, but... It's trying. <laughs> but there's also a lot of green. I don't know about you, but my yard is uh, very green and happy. Yeah, mine and, is too. Uh, and so that is um, kind of the theme that I wanted to pull into Braveheart, that we do spend a lot of time talking about endings. We talk about navigating um, a lot of really tough relationship struggles. And so I really wanted to take some time this month to... Talk about how to pour into your relationships, how to build them, how to have healthy relationships. So, um, last week we talked about discernment, which is really important, very key in deciding what relationships you will choose to have. Yeah. And then this week um, we're talking about trust. And trust is, to me, a very foundational piece of relationships. You cannot have a healthy relationship without trust. And so how do we build it? How do we create trust with our partnerships? And a lot of this is even applicable to any other relationship in your life as well. It doesn't have to be with a partner necessarily, but um, it is absolutely necessary in partnership relationships. So let's dig in. Uh, Marie, is there anything you want to say about trust before I launch in no launch go okay i'll add when uh, when it's ready but right. but i i, I want to just i do want to reiterate that it does work for all relationships that's just a very foundational principle okay yes it is it is it is um so i whenever i talk about trust i lean on i'm sure this is going to be a shocker for many of you but brene brown <laughs> has some great work on trust and I frequently use her anatomy of trust when I'm talking in my personal relationships. I use it as a method of check-in with my own partner um, and I'll, I talk about it in some of my other just uh, important relationships in my life. And um, I also very much encourage people to use Brene Brown's anatomy of trust when they are doing a check-in with their own partner or if they're trying to improve trust in a relationship. So, or trust with themselves. Yes, this is also very true. You can, you can use the same checklist for yourself. So I'm gonna go through her anatomy of trust, which is actually called BRAVING. It's an acronym called BRAVING. So we'll go point by point, and then we also have a few other thoughts about trust that we wanna share with you as well. So the first piece of BRAVING is boundaries. Essential. Shocker, right? Mm. So surprising. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> um, so boundaries, really, really important in building trust. Why? Because if I know 
that Marie is being honest with me about what she wants, about what she wants, about what her requirements are in a relationship, then I have a certain sense of security. And safety. Yeah. Right. If I, on the other hand, think that Marie is simply trying to gauge how I feel and then she's just accommodating, there's actually a lot of lack of trust in that mm -hmm. because her yeses aren't really her yeses and her noes aren't really her noes. So I have to be able to trust that Marie will be honest with me about what her needs are. Mm -hmm. So I hope you're seeing how this, uh, this boundaries piece is actually beneficial for both people. And so when we both show up to the relationship and we're both clearly communicating what we need and want and what our requirements mm -hmm. are, uh, what is and isn't okay, um, then we are... Um, we are setting the foundation for trust. I trust that Marie will be honest with me. Mm -hmm. Marie trusts that I will be honest with her, right? Imperative, yeah. Um, do you want to add anything to the boundaries piece? No, I'm ready for R. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Only because I know this part for me. So reliability is, is for me the most important. The, to to rely, be reliable it also means that I am true to my word, which goes very closely to the boundaries piece. And it, and that honesty part, if I'm not honest with Jillian, then um, she can't, she can't even, I don't know, it can't, I feel that it's so imperative to be able to be my word that we can negotiate and, and not even negotiate. We just can't have a relationship if we're not able to, if she's not able to rely on me mm -hmm. and, and to say that I am doing what I say I'm going to do, reliability goes so much larger than that. But mostly it's being your word on things. Yeah, and I think it goes hand in hand with boundaries as well. So reliabi reliability is simply doing what I say I'm going to do. Which your yeses are really be, yeses and your noes are really noes. Yeah. Right, and it also means, you know, when I say a boundary, when I set a boundary, yeah. right? When I say, you know, this is something I, I remember back in the day when I was just learning to set boundaries. Um, other people didn't respect my boundaries, which pissed me off. But I also had to realize that I didn't respect my boundaries. So for example, I can remember one of the, you know, big boundaries that I set uh, was, uh, I said, no, I won't buy your cigarettes anymore. And at the time, I was with a man who was um, heavily addicted to opiates, opiate painkillers, and the story was that if I bought him cigarettes, he would have less cravings. And I very naively uh, believed this, uh, <laughs> this need for cigarettes. And so, you know, the, the good codependent that I was, of course I bought him cigarettes even though I was very resentful because it put me in a difficult position um, financially. I didn't really have the money to be doing that. But I bought him cigarettes and I would, I'd get angry about it. And so when, um, when I was angry with him and he had done something I didn't like, then I would set this boundary, right? I'd get angry and I'd say, I'm not buying you cigarettes anymore. And how dare you expect me to do that? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, and then <laughs> fast forward to the next day when he's so sad 
and sorry yeah. and he's craving really bad and all the and things. And look into those sweet eyes. Yeah. Then I betrayed my own boundaries, right? I, oh, well, just this once, okay. I can make an exception, right? This was um, the back and forth. So I didn't respect my boundaries and therefore why would he ever actually right. think they were believable? They weren't believable because I was willing to break them every time. And there are no consequences. If you set a boundary that says if this happens and then this consequence will happen and that consequence never happens, it, again, they can't trust you because you're waffling mm -hmm. and you made the exceptions just like you did that time. Well, if she made an exception this time, yeah. she'll make another exception. There's a very um, great story about, um, and we've used this on the podcast a couple times, where this cow broke through a fence. And where is that cow going to, when you rebuild the fence, where is that cow going to keep nudging again? It's in that spot that already broke because um, they he know knows it's weak. he knows it's a weak spot. And so, yeah, that's what happens when we're unreliable with our boundary, then we make it very easy for other people to say, well, I know she'll make an exception for me. Yep. Yep, exactly. So, um, learning to be reliable to, in your own word, to follow through with your own word builds trust. Even if it's really something that is unpleasant and uncomfortable, um, you know, sometimes we think about reliability as, you know, I said I was going to take out the trash and I'll, I'll take out the trash, which is absolutely, yes, very important. Um, and it's important in the unpleasant things too, where I say, if, let's say my boundary is for me, I don't allow substances in my house, right? And I don't like substances in close relationships. It's not something that I um, allow in my space. So, if I say that and then I make exceptions to that, um, then I have betrayed my own word, I've betrayed my own trust, and I'm no longer believable. That boundary isn't something that that other person actually believes anymore. So, um, Which also brings up the word consistency mm -hmm. a little bit because if, um, if, if I have waffled in the past and then I'm and and I'm not consistent, that also makes it not reliable. You're not reliable. So, the more consistent I can be, the more trusting someone can be with me because they go, "Oh, she really is holding that boundary. She really does mean this." Uh, so, consistency is a big part of that. Yep. Yeah, and I think reliability, even though it can seem like such a small thing. Um, it is one of the biggest trust breakers or trust builders I've ever had in my relationships. If I know that I can trust a partner or a friend or my mom or whoever the person is, that they say they're going to be there, they say that they're going to help out with whatever task or they're going to remember XYZ, um, and I can trust that they're going to set the alarm or the reminder or that you know they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that their word is kept that's that's so much of a trust builder for me that's an amazing um very small it can seem so small right uh, i'm going to feed the dog small task but 
to know that every single time it's going to be done, if they say it's going to be done, that's um, an incredible trust builder. Mm-hmm. And a relief, right, that I can turn that over to someone. Yep. Yeah. And those people are actually few and far between, even though um, it seems like it's simple, right? Mm-hmm. Those things seem like such small things, but in reality, um you know, to have just a few people that are that reliable. It, it is those small things that build trust. The small things are the big things. It is. Yep. And that goes back to the consistency, right? It's the small things over and over. Um, and Brene Brown puts it like, uh, I, I love her analogy of a marble jar. Oh, yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah. So, you know, trust is one little marble at a time. And then you fill up this marble jar. And... Um, and there are things that you take out a marble, yeah. right? And and that's a very, to me, a very good concept of, um, you know, who I can trust and who I can't. Who has the full marble full jar? Full marble jar. Yeah. It's all those little small moments. We use that in teaching. <laughs> I think it was a, a teacher's yeah. um, analogy. Um, so the next accountability. one is accountability. Yep. So um, accountability means that when I make a mistake, when I fuck up, I own it, right? And I say I was wrong, and um, I forgot, or I um, maybe even intentionally I did something that hurt you, and I I make amends for it. Um, this is a huge trust builder as well. We have all been in the position where um, we have informed someone that we feel very hurt about something and gotten defensiveness, right? Or blame or dismissal. And, um, and that, that can feel really awful, right? Um, you know, well, I wouldn't have done that if you hadn't have, or, you know, it's not really a big deal anyway. Um, those things can really damage trust. So knowing that when something ha- something you've done has hurt someone else to be able to take accountability for your part. Now this doesn't mean taking accountability for something that isn't your part, um, which or the entire do. relationship. <laughs> or the entire relationship, yes. Um, but when you know that you have participated in something that has mistakenly or or intentionally hurt someone that you own up to it and you make amends so you do something to make it right um that's that's a huge contributor to relationship trust do you want to add anything to all but it goes the other way too i hold them accountable as Mm -hmm. well if we made an agreement to something and they fell through then it's you know, I have to have that courageous conversation and, and hold them accountable as well. So accountability for myself as well as whomever I'm in relationship. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Accountability is love. It really is. So if you have agreed on something in a relationship or if someone has hurt you, right? Um, it is, it is important to be honest about, how that has impacted you and to have that conversation. And I have found these conversations to be very telling because if the response is dismissal or blaming or whatever, you know, other, yeah, something else, they're not in relationship with you. (laughs) 
Yeah. They're in relationship with themselves. Yeah, or they're just not invested. And they're not invested in the relationship. And the, the priority in the for the relationship isn't really there. And that can be very telling. That that can be a hard uh, set of true colors to see and be honest about, but they are there. Um okay, next v. one is V vault. And vault means that I hold in um in in not secrecy, but in uh, confidence. I hold in confidence what you have shared with me. And uh, one point that Brene Brown makes that I think is very, very important is that we can also see the way that other people, so if, if I'm in relationship with Marie and Marie is gossiping about other people, then that um, erodes trust mm -hmm. because then I have really no faith that she's not going to do the same thing to me. So vault is really the, the principle that whoever has shared things with me in confidence that I don't share them. Important, yeah. Super important. Very important. And this is, you know, I've seen this impact relationships where um you know a spouse shares something with parents or a mutual friend or something oh, like yeah. that um and it and it can certainly damage a relationship i do want to talk about a caveat here so i've spoken before about secrecy and how damaging it can be and this particular piece this vault piece can be weaponized in a way that is very destructive. So I do want to take a moment to call out, um, you know, if you are being hurt at home, if you uh, have verbal abuse or you're being uh, cheated on or you are um, physically taking, taken advantage of um, financially or in some other way, if there's something going on at home and and someone your partner or whoever is involved in the relationship is saying you know well you owe me this loyalty and you owe me this secrecy you owe them nothing mm -hmm. um and so vault is something i'm very careful about how we talk about because it is important to remain confidential you know i'm not just going to blurt out everything that is you know within a relationship i'm going to Talk to Marie yeah. about something that's going on. Just like all these other steps we've already talked about, right? I'm going to yeah. have boundaries with Marie. I'm going to be consistent and reliable in my boundaries. I'm going to, you know, hold myself accountable and her accountable. So if we've followed all these steps and let's say I've talked to Marie and I've said, Marie, you really hurt me because, you know, you stole a hundred bucks out of my purse. <laughs> Okay. I love these scenarios. <laughs> I know. They just, I don't even know where they come from. You're so easy. I know. It's good. <laughs> so Marie stole $100 from my purse and it really hurt my feelings. Okay. So if I've had this conversation now with Marie and Marie has denied it and she, you know, whatever, and it doesn't matter and you owed it to me anyway. Or discounted what you said. Whatever. Yeah. So at that point, I owe her no secrecy. Mm -hmm. I, in order to hold her accountable, that may require me going to the authorities. Um, that may require me taking some steps that are not confidential. And so I just want to make sure that that's really clear. Um, that vault does not mean that no matter what you keep a secret. Yeah. It means if Marie and I are having a personal conflict and we're in the middle of resolving it, 
you know, I don't need to blab to the rest of the world that Marie stole $100 from me. Exactly. So I hope that that... Yeah, I think that was a very good point because I can see how tricky it would be if if someone had made that that promise and their loyalty to their promise was secret, you know, vault. Secrecy is way different than confidentiality. Yeah, and secrecy there are times means to they're hiding it. something that is harmful. Yeah. In any way, physically, emotionally, sexually, Whatever the abuse is mentally, mm -hmm. if, if it's a harmful, abusive thing, then it, that is not something to keep a secret. And this was something that I feel was very weaponized in me. Not only by someone else, but by me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was so... Um, I felt so strongly about confidentiality. Part of that was my own background in the mental health field, right? You keep a secret no matter what. You don't share information. And um, that really contributed to me living a double life in many ways where I had some pretty awful things going on at home and nobody really knew about it because I was really good at keeping the vault. I was really good at it. So um, I just want to make sure that that caveat is clear. There is a line between um, being trustworthy and keeping things in confidence that you're working out and things that really should not be kept secret. You feel like you're betraying them yes. when, when that happens and you feel this immense guilt for betraying them. And in actuality, when we hold that confident, we're saying it's okay for them to have bad behavior. They yeah. don't ever have to be responsible for their own um, actions. So no consequences would be, yeah, wouldn't we all like a consequence-free life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I think if you're, if you're practicing all of these steps synonymously at the same time, it works. But if you're just taking vault out of context and yeah. nothing else is working, then um, it's, it's probably not a great time to practice that piece. Um, so, yeah, I as integrity, and we all need to bring integrity to the table. Integrity means I choose to do what is right, um, even when it could be easier, faster, funner. <laughs> That's not a word, is it? <laughs> funner. It is. A, it is. It's a great word. Um, it's, it's also synonymous with being my word, right? Just yes. that honesty and integrity we talked about when we were talking about boundaries. So. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think oftentimes we will be confronted with decisions where something could appear faster, easier, and um, and it's hard to do the right thing. It so is hard to do the right thing. Need to do the right thing. And when we watch our partner or other people do the right thing in the face of something that could be easier, another way that builds so much trust. Mm, it does. You know, if I see Marie do the right thing, maybe, maybe she's been really mistreated by a friend or an employee or, you know, somebody has done her wrong and I see her walk with integrity and, um, she doesn't get down in the mud. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean she doesn't hold people accountable, but um, if I see that, that builds trust in me because then I'm like, wow, Maria is this amazing person and I can trust that she will deal with me in the same way. Mm -hmm. So watching each other 
operate out of integrity is a huge trust builder. Lots of marbles for that. Total, yeah. <laughs> and what's interesting, too, to remember is this isn't necessarily between each other. Right. You know, this is how we're acting as people. Observing in them in other area. relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So Forgot I think, what N is. Uh, non-judgment. Oh. Um, so non-judgment is... Um, that I don't judge my partner for asking for help. This can be... That's a toughie sometimes. It can be. It can be really tough. Um, so I know I struggle with asking for help. There's a lot of old, old wounds there. Um, and so asking for help can be a challenge. So knowing that I have a safe partner or a safe friendship to ask for help and say, I'm really overwhelmed here and... I'm buried and I need some help and can you do this or that? That takes a lot of courage to say that. Yeah. Or for example, um, you know, my partner and I will sit down and divide up, um, uh, all of the, the chores or the responsibilities of the house. And so there might be a week or two or whatever where one of us has a lot on our plate and we might say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm really dying here. Do you mind taking a few extra responsibilities? That's hard. It takes some guts to do that. So, um, but those are the certain, uh, cases where that builds a lot of trust to be able to say, I need help and to know that they're not going to judge you for it. Yeah. Anything you want to add on that one? Well, that non-judgment also frees me more. The and again with consistency, the more that um, the more that my, I ask and I'm I do feel I'm asking and I'm not going to be judged. It, it makes it easier and easier. It's a very freeing feeling to begin to ask for you know things that you really want and need. Yeah. So absolutely. The last one is G, which is generous assumptions and. That is that I assume the best of the other person. And I know that I can get totally in my head about this one. Uh, This can be entirely based on my mood or my hormones. (laughs) I can can, uh, do my share of projection and assumption of motives. And um, so this is a really important principle to remember that... um, you know, if something didn't get done or, you know, Marie, it appears she wasn't reliable. She didn't follow her word. Instead of assuming that to actually say, you know, what happened? Yeah. You were 10 minutes late. Maria's never late. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I could make an assumption. I could make a negative assumption or I yeah. could ask. I could be curious. And you might say, oh, well, there was construction and I got, yeah. you know, I sat for 15 minutes or whatever. So um, there's a lot of times where we have the opportunity to make an assumption or a judgment or we get to be open-minded and curious and say, oh, you know, what was that about? Um, something that may appear negative, something that may appear damning, uh, may have a, a very good explanation or um, or uh, reason that they they were not able to be in the space that you thought that they were. I will say again, caveat here, if your intuition is very clear that something is amiss, you are right. 
So, or at least investigate it. <laughs> Most of the time, I think yeah, very intuition often is very right. We we try to prove our intuition wrong, <laughs> and we we demand facts when sometimes, you know, my intuition knew years before I finally allowed myself to be honest about what was happening and sometimes requiring facts actually held me back mm -hmm. when I knew that there was something wrong. Agreed. I knew that there was disconnection or I knew that there was something that was just not quite right. I knew the trust wasn't there, right? It's not that hard to know that the trust isn't there. I just recall like um, a, a personal example of mine was I saw, I, I had a suspicion that um, one of my partners was cheating on me and I even saw him in a car with someone like with a, and I and I discounted it and I go oh but he's just probably really taking her home or I mean I really knew but I discounted it and I and I pushed it aside and and there were many examples like that that were right in my face yeah. and I still yeah. would put it aside so that I'm glad that you brought up that gender you know, that, that that's a caveat in there. Cause yeah. yes. And I also wanted to speak about, um, generous assumptions also for me, um, kind of goes in hand in hand is me, me enjoying all the best parts of my husband and never, um, and, and bringing up anything that I have a question about with him mm. is great. And, the, and then other people can trust me because I'm, I can go anywhere and know that he's not talking bad about me or bringing things up that that he has secretly been holding against me because he's he doesn't feel confident to talk about it with me. I can just with 100% confidence say I trust that what he's saying about me to other people is really how he feels about me yeah. and that if he has a problem with me that he's going to bring it up with me mm -hmm. and so i wanted to bring that up it, it goes kind of a little bit with the vault part too because he's he's doing that generous assumption with everyone mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and um which, like she said, it's it's all intertwined because I see the generous assumptions he makes with other people. Mm -hmm. That puts more marbles in their jar because I know when he's he's making these generous assumptions about others, he's doing that for me as yeah. well. So I just wanted to bring that up. It, it's such a beautiful, powerful tool um, when used appropriately. <laughs> such a great point. You know, another thing that... Um, I really think about too when I, I think about generous assumptions is there's there's a both and here there's something that is simultaneously true and that is I can believe someone is doing the best that they can which is my generous mm, assumption that's a good one. and I can still see their true colors mm -hmm. so I can still see that someone is doing the best that they can and that they're untrustworthy mm-hmm I can still see that someone's doing the best that they can and they're unreliable. You know, these things can be simultaneously true. I can hold compassion and I can hold honesty at the same time. And in the past, I have used the principle of generous assumptions to actually avoid the truth and to actually avoid seeing someone's true colors for what they actually were. So I just want to make that point that 
sometimes we use these principles in a way that are, is actually damaging to us instead of um, allowing them to be true at their heart and mm. still acknowledge other truths. So I can see always, always I can find where someone is doing the best that they can. And I can still say the best that you can is dangerous for me in this particular way and it's unacceptable for me to share space with you or I need to set limits in this other you know way because mm -hmm. I'm being honest that they're not a trustworthy person um, well I wanted to add um, that we have a friend named Misty that talks about this because sometimes I get asked how can you have compassion and it is understanding that that person may at this point not have either the will or the skill to deal with what I'm asking of them so I can be generous with them and I can be compassionate with them because I understand that that's not something that they're able to but that's not let that's not saying you have a free pass or that I'm going to let it go. It just means I understand that this is something that may not be in your wheelhouse right now, but it doesn't mean I have to either tolerate it or accept it as, you know, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, sometimes people ask, you know, like, how can you have compassion for someone who did all of this? And, and sometimes it's really hard, I'm not going to lie, but it, 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 it always goes back to they're still, you know, a, a human being and we all make mistakes. It just doesn't mean that I have to hold them. And yeah, nobody's sense. truly a monster. Everybody no, has their, yeah. their good sides too. Um, so I know like this has been a, a long topic and uh, I knew we were going to struggle with getting through all of it, but I did. But we did them. We did, we got through all the braiding. Recap. The only thing that I really wanted to make sure was clear before we wrap up, um, aside from braving, is the fact that trust is earned and that it is not owed. As as you see, going through all of the, the braving pieces, it's a two-way street here, right? There's two people that are very active. Two people are being honest about their boundaries. Two people are, um, following through reliable. with their word. They're being reliable. Two people are being accountable and making amends when they have their fuck-ups, because we all have them. Two people are, you know, uh, keeping uh, confidentiality in each other. Two people have integrity. Two people have non-judgment for asking for help. Two people have generous assumptions of each other. Relationships are a two-way street. And what I often see in women who come to work with me is that they have so much shame and guilt mm. around this fear that they haven't done enough and that why can't I trust him? Why can't I rebuild this relationship? Why can't I rebuild trust? Well, because it's a two-way street. And if the other person isn't invested and isn't engaged in the relationship, you cannot rebuild it all yourself. You can never be healthy enough to make a relationship healthy because a relationship requires two healthy people. So I just want to that make sure... That sounds like a quotable. That I you can just, never be healthy enough. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You cannot be healthy enough. For I both tried. Of you. I yeah. tried. I know there's a ton of women out there who are also tried, trying yeah. to be healthy enough to make the other person healthy, and that isn't the way it works. The other person has to want to be healthy on their own. 
Um, and not as you're leaping out the door. <laughs> right. Um, I think that there's also a misconception often that we owe people our trust. Ooh, yeah. And you don't. And actually this creates a lot of, you know, like we talked about discernment last week. Right. And sometimes we throw our discernment out the door because we think we owe someone our trust instead of realizing that trust is earned. Trust is something that is built over time and consistency and reliability and all the things that we just talked about in braving, right? Those are all actions. They're all things that we can see. They're true colors in a person that we can see their behavior. We can see our behavior, mm -hmm. right? We can tell if someone is trustworthy or not. It's not a mystery. It's something that is actually pretty damn clear if they're trustworthy or not. And so when I am asking, there's a hummingbird right out the window. Um, I have a little visitor. Sorry, squirrel, <laughs> hummingbird. <laughs> there it is. It's so small. It, I know. We have a lot this time Aww. of year. Anyway, um, yeah, trust is, is earned. So if you have someone demanding your trust, you know, how dare you not trust me? <laughs> then you have someone that is not interested in earning your trust. And that is, that's a problem. Yeah. If I demand that Marie trust me and I am not willing to do the work to actually earn her trust, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. That's something that, um, is actually a huge red flag that I'm not trustworthy if I'm not willing to take the time to show her that I'm worthy of her trust. So, uh, Maria, is there any final thoughts about trust that you wanted to share? We covered a lot. We did. I think, I think it's I a very good this conversation. Is, this is a lot of information. I know we went a little long, but I feel like we were, we were trucking Spot through. on. It was good. <laughs> it was really good stuff. I get this asked a lot so yeah. i'm glad that we covered it me too great great topic okay let me pull up our topic for next week i should remember i remember pulling it up last week commitment i want to say yeah. i want to say we're talking about commitment let's see if i'm right <laughs> sounds like a good next step uh, all right, 95 is understanding healthy commitments. Woohoo! Yeah. So next week, yeah, that's that's going to be great. We're going to talk about loyalty a bit and um, commitments. Because we told you we would talk about loyalty. Uh, yeah, last, last <laughs> week that came up. So, yeah. um, yes, this coming week we're going to be talking about commitments. What are healthy ones and not so healthy commitments? Because sometimes we're making promises that are not very honoring. So I'm excited to talk about that. And really bringing in a, a new perspective about commitments and how, how we can make the most honorable commitments both for ourselves and our partners. Um, all right, in wrapping up, uh, I just want to remind everyone that we are live every week. You can find all of our previous episodes in our group Braveheart Conversations. You can follow us there and ask any of your questions and follow the discussions. Uh, you can also email either of us with your questions or comments or if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss. You can email me at defytheaverage at gmail.com or Marie. Marie at mariesgold.com. Yeah, we love that. Absolutely. We would love to hear from you. And um, anything else, Amberita? We have a retreat coming up. 
Yes, we do have a retreat coming up. If you would like more information about the Warrior Goddess Retreat that is coming up in September in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which if you are unfamiliar with that area, so it beautiful. is it is divine. It is like heaven and it is going to be just gorgeous this fall. So um, if you have not checked it out yet, please go to my website, JillianAurora.com and you can click on Signature Programs and the Warrior Goddess Course. Um, or I'm sorry, the retreat and the course yeah. and the course there's, there's both. Um, but the retreat is happening in September. It is for women who, um, have done a lot of the recovery work around codependency, but still have a little bit of struggle around the area of being a strong woman. Can I be a strong woman and still be feminine? And how does, how does that work? And, um, so I'm, I'm excited to talk about some of the history of why we have felt that being strong women is forbidden. And um, and we're gonna really talk about unleashing that feminine divine and, mm. and owning our feminine authority. So very excited about that. Check it out if it sounds like it would be something that would resonate with you. And with that, I'm gonna let you all go and I will see you guys next week. I hope you stay cool out there and uh, stay out of that heat. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone.